It's the season of joy, the season of giving, of rejoicing, of reflection, of shopping. And according to at least a few songwriters and many movie makers, a season of love and romance. It's the Christmas season. Many of us agree it's the most wonderful time of the year, but not quite as many of us agree on exactly how much time we're talking about. For a little more than a century, the American Christmas season has begun the day after Thanksgiving. The ending is somewhat negotiable. Some of us are ready to pack it in the day after Christmas itself. Others wait until New Year's Day. A small minority wait even longer. On average, though, we're talking about a Christmas season that lasts for four to five weeks out of the year. But in the last few decades, Christmas items appear on store shelves in October or even earlier. Those made-for-TV romances start pouring out before Halloween. The season is getting longer. Or, more specifically, it's starting earlier. Not everyone's on board, of course, and this creates some ambiguity. When does the season begin? When does it end? We can't say for sure, only that it's getting longer and starting earlier. Which is the very opposite of the way that people handled this same question millennia ago. Our Christmas-celebrating forebears also wanted an extended Christmas season. But whereas we celebrate the season leading up to Christmas, their season began on Christmas. And while we observe a season of four, five, six weeks or more, depending on whom you ask, they were much more precise. The season would last 12 days. Those famous 12 days of Christmas that today we merely sing about rather than observe or even understand what they are. Why 12 days? Why not more? And are we missing out on anything by forgetting them? Well, if feasting, cross-dressing, upending social hierarchy, and having a raucous good time sounded all interesting to you, then yes, yes we are. I'm Brian Earle. This is Christmas Past. The modern Christmas season, the one you and I know, got its start in the early 20th century, and it mostly had to do with commerce. Prior to the 20th century, sure, there would be a bit of merrymaking in the lead-up to Christmas, but not four or five weeks' worth. But large retailers like Macy's and Woolworth's wanted to encourage a longer shopping season, and they had the marketing resources to do it. Macy's famously put Santa Claus at the end of their Thanksgiving Day Parade, and voila, the festive season was now the period between Thanksgiving and Christmas. But the thing is, that period was already spoken for. Many observe the four weeks preceding Christmas as the Advent season. Advent is also about the lead-up to Christmas, but in a decidedly different way, and some say a better way. There is a genius to using the period prior to Christmas as Advent, a time of joyful preparation, but a time of preparation, a time of some restraint. That's Michael Foley. He's a professor in the Great Texts program at Baylor University, and he's also the author of Why We Kiss Under the Mistletoe, Christmas Traditions Explained. And then, for those 12 days, you just let out all the stops and have that unbroken period of merriment. That, to me, is, is a better model than trying to start the season earlier and earlier in the year, and then by the time you get to Christmas Day, you're, you're practically sick of Christmas. Starting in the 6th century, that letting loose began and by decree, no less. In the year 563, the Council of Braga forbade fasting on Christmas Day, and in 567, the Council of Tours established the 12 days of Christmas. And they were sort of solidifying what was already there. There shall be no fasting between December 25th 
and the Feast of the Epiphany on January 6th. And that was sort of the very first reference to this block of days. And it's been that way since the late 500s. The 12 days are also known as Christmas Tide or Twelve Tide. Although there are some nuanced differences between those terms, for our purposes we can consider them synonymous. So why 12 days? Well, in the same way that our current season is bookended by Thanksgiving and Christmas, so too do the 12 days have their own bookends. The first being Christmas, obviously, and the second being the Feast of the Epiphany. In between is a host of other observances. St. Stephen's Day on December 26th, commemorating the martyred saint. Childermas on the 28th, corresponding to the Massacre of the Innocents. New Year's Eve on the 31st. New Year's Day on January 1st, which also honors Mary and marks the circumcision of Jesus. And then there's Twelfth Night. Best known these days as the title of a play by William Shakespeare, but that title refers to the celebration preceding the observation of the Epiphany when the Magi visited the Christ Child. Now remember I said earlier that in older times the length of the season was a lot more specific and decisive. That's definitely true, but there are some slight differences based on regional traditions and denominational specifics. Historically, there were some churches in the East that celebrated the visit of the Magi on January 6th, and even the birth of Christ on January 6th. Um, then in the West, the birth of Christ was always celebrated on December 25th. So when the two calendars kind of came together, they, a compromise was made. All churches will celebrate the birth of Christ on December 25th, but we will celebrate his manifestation to the Gentiles on January 6th. The confusion is what do you call, what do you consider Twelfth Night to be? Is the Twelfth Night of Christmas the evening of January 6th or is it the evening of January 5th? Most people tend to think of Twelfth Night as the evening of January 5th and therefore Twelfth Day would be January 5th and therefore, Epiphany technically is not within the 12 days of Christmas. Are you confused? It's okay if you are. It does get a little confusing. Long story short, beginning on Christmas and going up to and possibly including the Feast of the Epiphany was a period of feasting and merrymaking. And it was a form of merrymaking that has largely disappeared from modern Christmas. The one underlying principle was it was a time of topsy-turvy customs. There'd be a day where Parents and children uh, exchanged roles. Superior of the convent and the novice exchanged roles. Clergy and laity, this was a time of whimsical misrule. Men and women often exchanged roles through a custom called mumming. Men would garishly imitate women's dress and vice versa. The 12 days were characterized by a relaxation or outright reversal of normal social order. But why? It is a fun time just to sort of poke fun at the social hierarchies, let off a little steam. And some people speculate that the Roman Saturnalia, which also took place in December, have something to do with that. And they were also kind of topsy-turvy customs. And while there's probably some truth to that, remember that this all began in a much more religious time and occurred during a period of several religious observances. Would people really have wanted to include customs that reflected pagan ideas? Professor Foley thinks maybe there is another reason behind it. It wasn't just for the sake of continuity with pagan Rome. 
I think what the Christians saw was that all these topsy-turvy customs were a kind of giddy imitation of the incarnation itself. The, the ultimate inversion is the king of the universe, God, becoming a little baby in a manger. I mean, talk about social inversion. Nowadays, the whole idea of the 12 days is a mystery to most of us. We sing about it in that famous song, and retailers often announce sales called something like 12 Days of Savings, but of course they occur before Christmas. But for those of us who just want a little more Christmas, there's no need to keep pushing things earlier and earlier in the year. Why not take what's already there and has been for centuries? The 12 days are still on the books, as it were, still observed in liturgical calendars. Why not get a little topsy-turvy ourselves and combat Christmas fatigue while we're at it? I discovered this tradition of the 12 days of Christmas, and my growing family and I started to practice it, actually. And we found that we get so much more out of the season as a result. I'll bet that doing a little social inversion would be the stuff of many lasting Christmas memories. But hey, you don't always have to upset the social hierarchy to create memories that last a lifetime. Like this one from Victoria in Alabama. My mom and dad would host an annual Polar Express party at our home. Santa Claus would come to our house to take photos with all the kids and their families. He would also pass out presents, which were typically coloring books or something of that sort. My dad is a musician, and he would play the guitar, and we would have sing-alongs. We had a hot chocolate bar. Oh, and I almost forgot my dad would also, as the guests arrived, punch everyone's tickets because he looked a lot like the conductor. <laughs> it was so much fun, such a magical time. We would, of course, read the book, the Polar Express book, and everyone went home with a bell to remember the meaning of believing in Christmas. Merry Christmas to all of the Christmas past listeners. Thank you so much, Brian, for hosting such a wonderful educational and fun podcast. Well, now it's your turn. We're barely a week into the 2023 Christmas season, so there's plenty of time for you to share one of your favorite Christmas memories with the rest of the Christmas Past family. Just record yourself speaking into your phone's voice memo app and send it to christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com. Keep it reasonably short, clean and family friendly, and be sure to say your name and where you're from. Christmas Past is produced in wonderful Willow Glen, California by yours truly, Brian Earle. Thanks to Michael Foley. Check the show notes to this episode for a link to his book. Thanks also to Victoria in Alabama. And as always, thank you for listening. You can drop me a line anytime, and I sure wish you would, whether it's with a Christmas memory or just to say hi. Again, you can find me at christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And hey, if you haven't joined our private Christmas Past Facebook group yet, you're missing out on our year-round family celebration. And hey, if you're really feeling the Christmas spirit, why not help more people discover the show? It's as easy as telling a friend about it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do leave a review, I'll send you a Christmas Past sticker and a handwritten Christmas card is my way of saying thanks. Reach out for details. And until we meet again, may your days be merry and bright. <laughs>